If you watched or listened to yesterday's Locked On Kings podcast, you would have seen and heard my mental decline at the hands of the Sacramento Kings, losing in just Sacramento Kings fashion to the Detroit Pistons, and I couldn't possibly do another solo podcast after that episode. Thankfully, I brought in backup in the form of my friend Damian Barling from D'Lo and Casey on ESPN 1320. D'Lo and I are going to chop it up. We're going to talk about the upcoming trade deadline, talk about all the smoke, all the rumors surrounding this team. Uh, if Monty McNeil has to make a move sooner rather than later or if he can get away with waiting. Uh, we'll talk about the state of this Kings team, the losses, the frustrations, whether or not this is the most difficult Kings team to watch maybe of all time. Plenty to discuss on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. <laughs> You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game -game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, formerly with Sports 1140 KHDK Radio, now with ABC 10 News and Television here in Sacramento. And... I'm very thankful for guys like Damian Barling, friends of mine, colleagues of mine in the Kings and Sacramento media scene like Damian Barling when they can come in and help a solo podcast host out. I love being a solo host. I love being able to have control of this show and interact with uh, all of you listeners on such a fun and intimate level, uh, really on a daily or nightly basis uh, here on the Lockdown Kings podcast. But every once in a while, even I uh, can't find something to talk about with this Kings team alone. Even I, who am a notorious blabbermouth for a living, I uh, can't find things to talk about. So to have someone like D'Lo to be able to bounce ideas, bounce King's conversations off with is a really big treat. If you're not familiar with Damian Barling from his work with D'Lo uh, or on D'Lo and KC on ESPN 1320, you need to check out the work that they do, the best sports radio show uh, in Sacramento, in my opinion, and it's not even close. Uh, I appreciate his willingness to join me on the podcast today. So without any further ado, here is my lengthy conversation that I think you'll enjoy with Damian Barling. Well, after last night's Sacramento Kings lost to the Detroit Pistons, which broke me mentally on an even newer level, I need to invite in some backup, someone that can honestly take over hosting this show for me so I can give myself a break. Damian Barling, the D'Lo and D'Lo and Casey, back here on the Locked On Kings podcast. Of course, D'Lo and Casey on ESPN 1320 uh, from noon to four, Monday through Friday, except for this Monday, honoring uh, Martin Luther King, taking the day off. And I wish I could have done the same, and I wish the Kings could take every day off from here until February 10th, D'Lo. Instead, we have to continue to watch this team that, I can't believe Monty McNair is proud uh, to throw out there on a night in night out basis. I don't know. I, I honestly did not expect Elo this team to get me to have any more of a negative emotional response. Like I had last night. Cause I was honestly at the point where a lot of fans are that, just who cares with this team anymore? We know what they are. It's kind of funny. It's comical. I think you tweeted out something like it's, it, you almost have to laugh because it's funny at this point. Mm -hmm. But last night, the way the Kings lost, uh, falling apart to the Detroit Pistons, giving up 133 points to the Detroit Pistons who average 101 points a game. Last night broke me, D'Lo. I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie to you. 
How many times have you been broken this year? Oh, you know, I mean, know, it's like I, I you, you, the, the the Lakers game at the Golden One Center. Oh, that 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 sent people into so, and and that's why I want to push back on something that you said right there. I don't think this fan base. I don't think any of us are at the point of ah, who cares? Mm-hmm. No, the problem is we do care, and the the we 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 want to separate ourselves from the team, but we can't. We love basketball. We love the Sacramento Kings. We may not love this version of the Sacramento Kings, but we love our basketball team, and so we try to protect our hearts by knowing. And we talked about this leading into last night's game. They beat the Rockets like, uh, all right, they're headed out on a, on a on a tough road trip here in a couple of games. We knew they were going to drop something somewhere. And then they dropped the game, the second game to the Rockets. And it was like, OK, we kind of knew that was coming. <sighs> Are they going to beat Detroit? Like, like you're having these discussions and you're looking to see. You know, the amount of players that are out and you it's just it's so frustrating when they go out there and they and they lose in the way that they did. And I think fans are, you know, everybody fans are frustrated. And if you want to label it as broken, like that's fine. Fans are broken, but no one's giving up on this team. Like apathy isn't a thing when it comes to the Sacramento Kings. And I can use. The Locked On Kings podcast, as an example, I can use the D'Lo and Casey podcast, uh, uh, radio show, uh, YouTube streams, as an example. I can use the Do Some Mo podcast mm-hmm. as an example. Like people are still consuming Kings content, the Kings beat that James Ham's got. It's it's growing because people do still care about this team. They just want this team to do better. And perhaps, and this is really sad to say, most importantly, they're tired of this team being an embarrassment. What happened last night is against against Detroit is embarrassing. Not because like th- those are grown men in Detroit Pistons uniforms. Those are NBA players in Detroit Pistons uniforms. But you're up nine. You know, with 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 uh, sixty six, we were like hundred and eighty seconds left, mm-hmm. and you lose. Like you find it's it's when Harrison fumbled that ball out of bounds. It was okay. All right, Sadiq Bay had just hit that long three, and it was like, all right, they're not going to let us get comfortable. And then Harrison lost the ball, and it became that, okay, we're really going to have to sweat this out to the final possession. And sure enough, we did. We sweated it out to the final possession when the Kings lost. And I, it's like fans being broken, rock bottom. I, I We keep finding new brokens, and we keep finding new rock bottoms, and – there's a long road trip that, you know, oh, God, this team's staring at nine-game losing streak. They're not. They're going to beat the Hawks or or the Pistons or, my God, they'll beat the Bucs or not the Pistons, the uh, the Celtics or the Knicks or something. They're going to win some random game on this road trip. They might win two random games on this road trip. And you know what it'll mean? And this is where I think Kings fans get the most frustrated. It's not going to mean anything. Mm-hmm. This team can't establish any momentum. They can't build anything. They can't push forward into something new. It's just, okay, we won. Cool. Beat the Lakers. Needed to beat the Lakers. Great. Go out and lose the next game. Going to go out and lose two of the next three. We got a homestand with the Rockets, Rockets, and Pistons. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and drop two of those. Yep. That's, That's the type of stuff. The type of losses, even more so than the 29 losses, 
That's what's infuriating the fan base. And I can't speak for the fans. I can't speak for myself, though. What breaks me more is not so much them losing back-to-back games to the Rockets and and, and Pistons, because we saw very early in the season when they went on, I think it was a four-game road trip against some of the, oh, the worst teams in the league, and they they started that road trip by getting their asses handed to them by San Antonio. So we've we've seen that before. That doesn't break me as much as the Kings making the same mistakes over and over again, especially when these are mistakes that you know they're aware of because they talk about them every single freaking game or after every game. They're exhausted of having to answer those questions. We're exhausted of having to watch the same thing over and over again. So what, what frustrates me more is not so much that you lost to the Detroit Pistons at home, which is frustrating enough. It's the fact that you lost to the Detroit Pistons at home, giving up 133 points in 48 minutes. There was no overtime to a team that averages 101 points per game. And you lost, you gave up that lead when arguably their best player or what's supposed to be their best player in Cade Cunningham fouled out of the game. That is what's infuriating to me at this point. That is what breaks me. And it's not that I'm surprised by it because everybody and their mother, when when, uh, Harrison Barnes fumbled that ball, went, oh God, here we go again. We expect it to happen but the fact that it just keeps happening the same way, we we make the joke like Kings always find new ways to lose, which is kind of true. But at the same time, they've have the one thing they've been consistent at is losing in the same way throughout the majority of this season, too. That's what's most infuriating to me. Yeah, I was waiting for you to give me the definition of insanity there. In <laughs> nope, not touching you, that. You, you die, but you know, you, you talk about repetitive things. Cade Cunningham was off. You had Jeremy Grant in health and safety protocols. You had a number of players in health and safety protocols. So you know what that means. Come on down. Who's easy it going to be? Easy win. Well, it, it, it's not just the easy win, but with, with that easy win, it's also who's going to show out tonight? And it was Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey is a, essentially the hero for that team for hitting that big three that catapulted everything and finishing five of nine from three, finishing with 30 points, having a monster game and, yeah, it's 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 clockwork. And then if I can jump into Kelly Olynyk, I think he scored 20 plus points off the bench and look, I like Kelly Olynyk. I think Kelly he's Olenek a great game solid played player. 27 years. <laughs> and I saw a fan on Twitter, I actually retweeted it. A fan on Twitter saying, "Man, I was hoping that the the Pistons wouldn't put Olynyk back in the game." Like read that tweet. Kings fans were hoping that the Pistons were going to put Kelly freaking Olynyk <laughs> back in the game. They were scared of Kelly Olynyk. Most fan bases. <laughs> oh man, LeBron Giannis, Steph, Sack, Kelly Olenek, man. <laughs> Kelly Olenek. Just add it to the list. Well, Dilo, we've sat through worse teams. We've watched uh, fewer win totals. We've sat through horrific, horrific basketball over this 15-year playoff drought. Mm-hmm. Am I being overdramatic? And is this the most unlikable, most difficult-to-watch Kings team of this entire playoff list stretch or is that just kind of recency bias no i i think part of it is and kenny brings this up a a a lot on the show we've had discussions similar to this one in the past is i think our expectations were different for this one yes when your expectations are higher your disappointment is more magnified and so we had this belief, some of us, not everybody did. There are a lot of people who pegged this team as a, you know, a 30 win team or a 31 win team or something like I didn't, I, I did think that they were better. I did uh, buy into some of the things we saw at the end of the season. I, I do believe I, it, it was foolish at the time to believe there was a COVID aspect 
to uh, teams' difficulties last year when it's very clear there still is yeah. a COVID aspect to, to to playing in the NBA right now. But I think because... I think because we had higher expectations um, and now you have De'Aaron Fox making a different amount of money and you started to feel this last year. You started to feel, oh, De'Aaron's, De'Aaron's really good. Like, hey, he's going to take this team to the promised land because he's, you know, he's the guy who's making the big bucks. He doesn't make the big bucks right now, so we still really love him. He's the cute little rookie. He showed up here on our doorstep and wanted to be in Sacramento. But then that first check cleared and it was like, Phew. You got to be kidding me. This guy's worth 160 million. He's no Donovan Mitchell. He's no Jason Tatum. He's not the same caliber of player as guys in his tax bracket. And so you start to look, and it was compounded by the fact that De'Aaron started slow. Mm. But you know, but you know who we really like? We like that Tyrese Halliburton kid. Why? Well, he's young and he's cheaper. And for some reason, and I'm sure this is fan bases across the league, but I feel like sometimes Kings fans, they act like we're paying De'Aaron. Like, mm-hmm. De'Aaron's $30 million. It ain't coming out of my pocket. It's not coming out of yours, and you can play the whole, oh, I bought a ticket. Like, no, nah, that ain't how this works, fam. Them TV rights deals, that's what pays De'Aaron Fox's contract. And the fact that we were so quick to give up, like, I mean, I think we were a dozen games into the season. Pff, Fox ain't the guy. He got to go. So you've got that aspect to it. And then you have his demeanor and this, you know, and I hate to keep saying stuff about Kings fans. I'll say we, we are collectively scarred by body language because we watched DeMarcus Cousins for so long that we believe body language equal, you know, if you got a bad body language, that oh, oh, he's just a, he's a malcontent. He's bad in the locker room. He's this and that. So, so you got De'Aaron and, and, and that's the guy. Harrison is... Harrison's like a clean up the mess guy. You know, he's not out in front of anything. Then you got Buddy, who the Kings have been smart enough to just kind of just kind of put away. But Sean has missed a ton of the season because of the 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 the, the awful stuff with his eye. Then he went into health and safety protocols for an extended period of time. You're not putting Marvin out there. So you don't have, you know, the, the guy I like listening to the most is Terrence Davis, because I feel like Terrence Davis is the most genuine guy on the roster where he just you can't put Tristan on it Tristan don't play anymore you definitely don't want to put Tristan in front of cameras at this point given what his last few weeks have been like mm-hmm. so it, it 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 you're disappointed obviously you're, you're you're greatly disappointed in the team and then there's also I don't know who's likable you know what I mean like De'Aaron doesn't give you a reason to love him and I'm not the person I don't dislike De'Aaron Fox at all and I'm not in the get De'Aaron out of here camp by any stretch of the imagination but he also he's not he he's not that there are a lot of these guys he ain't Magic Johnson he ain't gonna warm you over with his personality and his big smile like he's frustrated by the losing and you can see that and because of that when you De'Aaron's the one in front of the camera the most often it gives you this, you know, especially when you talk about you being broken, fans being broken. De'Aaron's been broken. De'Aaron's been, you know, oh, you know, sitting back with the hood pulled up and, you know, totally disinterested in the questions, never looking up, never looking at the people asking or never looking at the camera, depending on where he's at. So it becomes like this, this team just doesn't give you any warm, fuzzy feelings. It, can give you moments. Chemezi Metu's game winning three, 
uh, you know, there have certainly been moments where you get that, oh, you get that feeling that makes you excited to be a sports fan. But these individual players, they, <laughs> they ain't giving it to us. And it's 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 because it's it's a bunch of things compound. It's a bunch of things just piled on top of each other. It's the losing. The losing affects their demeanors and their moods and their body language, which is affects how they come across on, uh, you know, press conferences and media availability and all of that different stuff. And so you just wind up looking at these guys going, man, there ain't anybody here I love. I still love Rashawn. I'm a Rashawn Holmes guy. Like, I feel for him that he's missed so much of this season. I really like Terrence Davis. I like uh, 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 Tyrese Halliburton. I I kind of feel for the situation De'Aaron Fox is in. I'm a Harrison Barnes fan, but I understand why you look at this team and you're just kind of like, ugh. Like, there are plenty of times that Kings teams have been bad, but we still love the players. This is one of those times where I feel like the team is bad and I'm not sure who's really loved on this team. Tyrese is, for sure. Outside of that, I don't know. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs and beyond here in this NBA season. We're past the halfway point. The trade deadline's coming up quickly soon. We'll be paying attention to the playoffs, maybe not here in Sacramento, but around the NBA. And if you're going to bet on the NBA road to the playoffs, you're going to bet the playoffs themselves. If you're going to bet on the NFL playoffs going on right now, the best place to do so is on betonline.ag. BetOnline remains the number one spot for for all the best sports wagering action for all of 2022. It's a new year. They have a new updated desktop and mobile website. If you sign up today and use promo code locked on, uh, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Meaning if you deposit hundred dollars, you get $50 free. If you deposit $200, you get hundred dollars free for you to gamble with and make some money with. And whether it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. The great lines as well. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. I look at this roster and I feel so bad for Harrison Barnes because he's mm-hmm. thrown to the wolves in the media so many times to have to answer for the crimes of the entire team. And he just says the same thing over and over again. And, yeah. uh, and then you look at like you, you talk about the demeanor of De'Aaron Fox. And I remember I, I came across a video someone posted it on Twitter um, not too long ago of De'Aaron and Malik Monk playing together in Kentucky and how free they played and how exciting they played. And of course, college very different from the NBA. So we're not comparing uh, everything. It's apples to oranges, of course. But um, like just seeing how De'Aaron was coming into the Sacramento Kings, coming into the NBA and how he is now, even looking at Tyrese Halliburton, the bubbly personality that he had, which he still does have and puts on display from time to time. But yeah. even the losing has gotten to Tyrese and you can see that uh, after games. It's an environment that that uh, certainly has something to blame and it's an environment that's been pretty common here in Sacramento since well before Fox and Halliburton and any of these guys were drafted, even before DeMarcus Cousins. It's just been this environment of losing that has broken a lot of players who seem to go on and and, and do better and enjoy themselves more uh, moving on. But speaking of De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton specifically, De'Aaron missed time earlier in the season in health and safety protocols. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton stepped up in a major way, played pretty well. Um, I'd say actually very well. The Kings didn't necessarily win a boatload of games with Tyrese at the helm, but he showed that he could be a primary scorer and continue to be that that 10-plus assists per game guy distributor, right? 
Tyrese has now dropped into health and safety protocols, and we've all known De'Aaron could be the guy when it comes to scoring, but that distribution isn't there at the level of what Tyrese provided. And I said this, and it felt kind of controversial saying it, but it made sense in my head, and I'm wondering if you feel the same way, if it's even fair to say. De'Aaron is a better player right now than Tyrese Halliburton is. Is Tyrese Halliburton more important to this Kings team than De'Aaron is just because of Ty- what Tyrese does for everybody. And that's not meant to be a dig at De'Aaron. We know De'Aaron has his primary role as scoring. Tyrese's primary role is distributing. And I just see a big difference with how the Kings play, especially in the half court when De'Aaron's leading versus when Tyrese Halliburton is leading. Is that fair? Um, I mean, it's an opinion, so it's fair. Um. I'll push back a little bit on De'Aaron's not as good of a distributor. Mm-hmm. I think last night is actually a good example, and maybe this is maybe this is recency bias because we were discussing it on ESPN thirteen twenty today. That you know we were Kenny really wanted De'Aaron to be a, a little bit more aggressive in in the fourth quarter, and I think there was a point really late where he tried to be. I think he wound up having four points in the fourth quarter. But if you also look at that, that was the quarter like Terrence Davis had fourteen. Mm-hmm. Avion Mitchell had seven. So that's that's 21 points between two other guys. You throw in De'Aaron's, you know, four. Like you that that's a that's a good, that's 25 points from three players right there. De'Aaron, I think, recognized the way Terrence Davis. I'm good with that. That's part of what De'Aaron's job is. I think he had eight assists last night. When you've got guys who hit shots, yeah, those assist totals, they're gonna climb up a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Right now there's something to be said for. Uh, getting guys in the right position, perhaps getting them a better shot. But there are plenty of times where it be De'Aaron or Tyrese, you can't get your teammate a better shot than the one that you just provided for them. And they missed. They shot 52% last night. I mean, that that, that whether it was De'Aaron distributing the ball or Tyrese distributing the ball, those assist numbers are going to rack up a little bit. Um, what, what about like pick and I'm roll, though? To, like I'm trying to differentiate best and most important. Okay. And I... I'm fine with your assessment. I I disagree. I still think De'Aaron's the most important player. Mm. Now, I can absolutely see that changing, but that's that's the one piece of like excitement that I still hold on to with the Kings is that I believe De'Aaron and Tyrese can be a really, really good backcourt when you fix all the other stuff, and the other stuff is pretty freaking bad. Well, according to Shams of The Athletic, uh, one of his most recent reports is that the Kings agree with that assessment and they still believe in in keeping De'Aaron here, continuing to build around De'Aaron and Tyrese. And I could make the argument that this team hasn't properly built around the two of them. They've also only been together for half a season plus whatever the hell last season I think was it's like 90 some odd games now at this point sure they've actually been together and i mean even over the course of this season before both going down in, in their own ways and health and safety protocols we've seen the two of them improve with figuring out how to play together at the beginning of the season it was like when one had the ball the other one was in the corner watching now we see the mm-hmm. two of them starting to play off of each other a little bit more so of course it takes time for guys to get used to playing together and i do believe that kings fans are jumping the gun and 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 Anyone who watches De'Aaron and says he's not the guy who's jumping the gun a little bit, especially comparing him to Tyrese, willing to give Tyrese all the keys, all the accolades that we piled heavily on Fox when he was the the multi-time player of the week in the Western Conference last year. Um, but at the same time, too, you and I have discussed a lot, and, and Kenny as well on, on D'Lo and KC, that 
I think Monty McNair needs to make a swing for the fences move. That would be what I would ask for or what I want most out of this upcoming trade deadline. I think it's the only way for the Kings to salvage this season uh, and have any remote chance of actually making the the playoffs, let alone the, the play-in tournament. Um, in order to do that, in my opinion, you probably have to trade one of those two guys to get enough of a substantial player to really make that difference. I'm not necessarily rooting for that specifically. I'm not rooting for the two of them to be broken up. D'Lo, I just don't know how Monty makes that much of an impactful move that he's really looking for. Maybe his job relies on without moving on from one of the two, which is why I think we're hearing and seeing so much smoke around De'Aaron. Yeah, I, I, I understand. And, and yeah, you know, Sham's report about the Kings, building not you know shams shams report went 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 pretty you know deep into it saying not only did the sacramento kings not have interest in trading De'Aaron fox they told De'Aaron fox in his camp like we're we're we're, we're building around you our plan is to build around you uh in tyrese um our, our our king's insider on 1320 james ham joined us today and he he echoed that you know through some sources of his saying you know this this is the plan it's to build around De'Aaron fox and tyrese halliburton now, the wording in all of this is really important. Sure, that's the plan, unless you the first line in Sham's uh, very short uh, uh, report yesterday on, on De'Aaron Fox and the Kings. The Kings' current mindset, it's current. Mm-hmm. It means right now in this moment. But if someone calls with something, and you talk about a swing for the fences, yeah, it, yeah it, 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 not only a swing for the fences, to get De'Aaron or Tyrese, it might have to be a home run. Now, Ben Ben Simmons is a swing for the fences. I'm I'm pulling I'm pulling a name out of the hat. Chris Middleton, that's a home run. Mm. Uh, Paul George, that's a home run. Those are guys that you know. They're certified. They're made. Ben, I understand his accolades, but man, you've got you've you've got questions. You've got concerns. That's a swing. There's a difference between a swing and a home run. There's the old, the, there's the, there's the line from the Godfather. I make him an offer. He can't refuse. I, I, it, it feels like for me, and I'm good with that. I'm good with De'Aaron and Tyrese because for me, I'm thinking you want to have as much talent as possible. You know, you have two pieces of talent in Sacramento Kings uniforms for a really, really long time. I hate myself for using the word pieces. You have two guys who are really talented in Sacramento Kings uniforms for the foreseeable future. If you can add to that, great. I get your concern, though. If a swing for the fence move is Ben Simmons, if it's Devonta Sabonis, if it's a player we don't know about, Harrison probably isn't it. Harrison is really, really attractive, I think, for contending teams. I don't know that teams that are rebuilding or on the verge of rebuilding going, God dang it, we need Harrison Barnes. There are teams that are fighting in the playoffs going, we need someone like Harrison Barnes. The return on that is going to be a lot different than, you know, a return from a team at the bottom of the league. Um, Marvin, same, same, same thing. The good news is with Marvin is Cam Reddish and Marvin aren't that different. Guys who have missed time, guys you're you're not sure about, guys who have you know, uh, uh, who, who, who could hit unrestricted free agency, that, that, that type of stuff. Someone could take a chance on Marvin and like a team. I don't think any team is going to like, I'm trading for Marvin Bagley, but a team could be like, yo, throw in Marvin Bagley. We're interested in taking a look at him for the remainder of the season. Uh, 
and I think I honestly, this is the weird one. I feel like people around the league outside of the people who watch this team every single day really like Buddy Heald. Yeah. yeah. For me, cool. Hey, you know what? Everyone else outside of Sacramento who doesn't watch the team on the night, you're right. We're all wrong. You can go. You're right. Build a trade package around Buddy Heald. It's funny because you read about this with like fans, like Laker fans. Oh, they want Buddy Heald so bad. Media members. Oh, you could build something around Buddy. You know who's not doing it? General managers. Because general managers are actually paying attention. And that's not a shot at Buddy. It's a description of what he could bring back in return. I honestly don't believe it's why we were so excited on draft day. I don't believe that there's a better deal on the planet that a team realistically would make than the one the Lakers had. The Lakers were desperate for something. Sacramento had it. They had something the Kings needed in return. It was a very rare combination of this works for everybody. And the Lakers said, nah, we're going to go for something flashier. And it's obviously not working for them, but there's nothing they could do about it because it's worked out decently for Washington. In, in in doing that deal there. So it, it I, I don't I, I use the example of Chris Weber. Chris Weber came back for Brian Skinner, uh Kenny Thomas, and Corliss Williamson. Mm. Think about that. Mm. There's Chris Weber. That's that that was the trade. That was the Philadelphia trade that ended, you know, the 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 era that we love so much. Mm-hmm. So Who's to say that there's not a team like Sacramento was who at the time, we've just got to get Chris off the books. That's what this is all about. We see what's on the horizon. We have the ability. It's the old Bill Belichick thing. Bill Belichick, you know, before Brady, he had been, he had been famous and really, I think it had a perfect record of, I'm going to get rid of a guy a year too early rather than a year too late. He might make me look stupid next season, but he ain't going to make me look stupid the season after. Or the seasons after that. That's what the Kings were doing with Chris. There's got to be a team out there who's like, we see what's ahead of us. We've got to move on. Tristan Thompson has an expiring contract. Marvin Bagley has an expiring contract. Harrison Barnes has a declining contract. Buddy Heald has a decline. Whatever. We could make this work. That's how trades in the NBA are. There are very rare superstar swaps. I know, and I brought this one up the other day. I know in hindsight it looks weird, but like Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas, that was just a superstar swap. Mm. It's like, all right, okay, y'all, you don't want to be there? They don't want to resign you? Switch spots. Perfect. Now we know that's it, it, it turned out to not exactly be accurate, but at the time it was like, okay, you're switching two guys who feel like they're at about the same level. You know, that doesn't happen very often. More deals are lopsided draft picks, pick swaps, expiring contracts. That's 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 what they are. You have to find a team who's willing to move on from something. Daryl Morey won't stop and stop talking to the media. Joel Embiid's playing like an MVP player and Ben Simmons is just sitting at home. They ain't got to do nothing. That's the problem. That's that's one of the biggest issues with Ben Simmons is this the the 76ers aren't bad without him. So they don't need to do anything someone out there needs to do something and that's the team that you have to find 
Maybe below that team is the Indiana Pacers, who we've heard rumors about an incoming fire sale for them. And you brought up DeMontis Sabonis earlier, and Sabonis was basically plan B with Ben Simmons being plan A. According to Sam Amick on a podcast on uh, the Athletics uh, Basketball Podcast uh, earlier on in the week, he basically said that Simmons and Sabonis were the two names uh, that that he mentioned that were heavily on the Kings' radar. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, though, am I safe in assuming that is also a swing and not so much a home run in your mind um it, it's a it's a hit <laughs> you know what i mean and, and not to say that ben simmons isn't a hit because i believe that he is i think ben simmons is a very good ball player i haven't seen dude in seven months the last time i saw him it was pretty bad i know you've talked to keith pompey on a numerous occasions we talked to keith pompey on um on, on, on thursday and i asked him is is Ben Simmons, is that last playoff series or playoff stretch, is that who Ben Simmons, is that indicative of Ben Simmons as a player or are we overreacting because it was one, the last thing we saw and two, it was an incredibly high profile position. And without hesitation, Keith was like, no, that's indicative of who he is. It's been like that for a long time. Mm. And it's, it's like that in the first round of the playoffs, you're just not paying attention as much because the 76ers are destroying whoever they're playing in the first round of the playoffs. It's like that in the regular season, but you're not paying attention because one, it's the regular season and there's a ton of games to be played. There's a ton of teams that you're watching and the 76ers are always finishing with a good record. So you're not paying as much attention, but when you isolate it, Oh, it's different when everyone is watching, you see it differently. And I feel like that was the first time everyone was watching the 76ers and it was like, Oh, the hell is that that's ben simmons that's who ben simmons has been now there are a lot of really really positive qualities to ben simmons shortcomings like a lot of other players but a lot of positive qualities so him and the fact that you know there's been mental health discussions there have been the fact that he hasn't played basketball for seven months like at this point are you bringing ben simmons in to play this season like do you have video of him working out or scrimmaging or playing like with other NBA players, like who knows what Ben Simmons is doing right now? So that's a swing. Sabonis, so he got a triple double the last time I saw him. He he's he he's a hit. Now you don't know there again. You got concerns. He's he's not under contract for a super long time. He's gonna want a massive extension when when his contract is due, and you've got to make it work. Because you have to decide, you have to start, you trade for DeMontis Sabonis, you're immediately starting the evaluation process of, okay, how much money are we willing to pay him in a year and some change? And you need to put him in the best situation possible. You can't pay him a ton of money while still trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a hit. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's more, I'm more comfortable in that acquisition immediately than Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, I'm just concerned with because I haven't watched him play in a long time. And the last time I saw it was it was bad. Last thing I got for you, you we talked about earlier this upcoming road trip, five tough games on uh, Eastern Conference road trip. Then the Kings come home for a meeting against Brooklyn. Then they have Golden State at Golden State the second Next night of a back to back. It's it's a brutal stretch, but like you said, yeah. the Kings will find a way to rattle off a, a win or two more than likely. Although 0 of seven 
partnered with these two games they just lost. Oh, and nine is, I guess, possible. Wouldn't be surprising either here. Yeah, and and look, the Western Conference is so bad that hell, the Kings could go one and six over this seven game stretch and still somehow find themselves a game out of the tenth seed just because of how bad the West is. But at the same time, too, D'Lo, like if if Monty McNair is willing to wait until February tenth, call bluffs to try and get that perfect deal to put this team in a position to make a push for the playoffs. I understand that. But that's a big gamble at this point in time because you could also rattle off a, a handful of losses here on this tough stretch and suddenly find them, themselves in such a deep hole that even a big move might not be enough for them to climb yeah. out of it. Where do you uh, assess that? Do you think there's more of a sense of urgency today than there was a couple days ago to find that move? Or do you still think waiting till the 10th and, and playing that long game is correct? No, Oh, man, that's tough. I, I, I feel like there's... I don't think like you wait. I, I don't think you wait till the 10th. And and I think w- one thing that's important here is because we've talked about Sabonis and we've talked about Simmons and those are the, the, the sexy conversations. Those are the swing for the fence conversations. Those are the, the conversations that are going to get you on sports center and get yeah. you talked about on NBA TV and all of that stuff. Okay. So those are two players. Well, what if they don't work? Mm. What if you can't get those deals done? So what's next? Are you same lineup February 11th? Because I'm really curious to see home attendance following February 11th if you're watching that same lineup out there. Mm. So I, I, what's the backup plan? You know what I mean? What's 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 available to you? And I guess that's the that's the weird thing about this. These podcasts, these radio conversations, these interviews, these reports. You would think the trade deadlines tomorrow, or, or shoot, even next week. It's three weeks away. I, know. I can't remember a time where the conversation, and maybe this is, again, a product of, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. It's a product of the Kings being bad, and it's a product of the Ben Simmons thing just lingering over everybody, and Daryl Morey having the ability of going, well, Sacramento has a deal that would work, and then you're going to see, well, uh, Minnesota reached out to to Philadelphia. Like you keep seeing these reports of what's offered to Philadelphia. Well, who do you think that's coming from? Mm. Probably the guy who was speaking on a Philadelphia radio station earlier today. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that it was Daryl Morey. So I think you have to make a, it's a, it's a calculated risk, but that's why, that's why you're put in the position of being the general manager of a team. Do we have a legitimate chance of landing one of these two big fish? Or can we go out there and work with other teams to make deals to improve our team right now? Because this team needs to be improved now. It's not just the improvement of the players. This, I I use the line, this team needs an exorcism. You got to get the demons off of this team. Not, not, and I don't mean individually, I'm talking worth that work ethics. I'm talking about approach. Like you have got to get some of these guys out of the locker room cleanse retool you win a couple of games you know that winning cures everything right like that's the line winning cures all you ain't winning with this group we know that so i'm concerned waiting till february 10th waiting till the trade deadline i'm concerned the season's going to be too far gone at that point and the the plus side of that is when you think about big deals that are done and I'm sure there are some, but none are popping in my head. Like they're you normally, okay, the deadline's coming in 10, nine. We do it like it's a New Year's countdown. 
Like we get all excited as NBA fans and we wait for some big explosion of tweets with, oh, this deal was done. This deal was done. This deal was done. That's not how it happens. The DeMarcus Cousins deal was done like a week and a half before the trade deadline. You know, the big deals are usually executed leading up to the trade deadline. So even if we say, okay, February 10th, let's work backwards. We'll say February 2nd. Man, that still feels too far away. I want this team to change yesterday. And I just, I also don't want them to do something. I want the team to get better. Like just swapping out names, swapping out Mo Harkless for seventh guy on this team. Like that doesn't do it for me. Like let's get this team better. Exercise the demons, but get better at the same time. And I know that's a, a magic combination that every general manager tries to figure out when they take a job. Well, if this roster is the same on February 11th, it's safe to say that the Kings are tanking and that uh, they need to bring out every bit of those cardboard cutouts because they're going to be needed in those seats in the Golden One Center for sure. D'Lo, you've made this podcast a whole lot more calm and coherent than if it was just me screaming into a microphone for 30 minutes. So I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. Check out all the great work that he and uh, Casey do on D'Lo and Casey. You can even hear me uh, budging in and, and, and sharing my two cents every once in a while on the show as well. Now on Mondays, uh, which I, I can't wait to the next time for me to invade that show and, and spew my nonsense over there my friend thank you so much for your time and we'll uh we'll do it again soon hopefully talking about a better team but uh, I hope uh so. yeah probably yeah. Not. <laughs> I, I hope so Huge thank you to D'Lo for joining me again here on the Locked On Kings podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. There's a lot that we talked about, a lot for you to unpack and respond to. Uh, if you want to uh, respond to anything that we talked about, share your thoughts, uh, weigh in, ask any questions, anything like that, uh, please do so. You can do that on Twitter, at Matt George Sack on Twitter. You can tweet me publicly or DM me privately, even if we don't follow each other. My DMs are open. Uh, feel free to leave me an email if you'd like, Sports at gmail.com, uh, or you can, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, leave your thoughts, comments, uh, questions down in the YouTube comment section down below, and I'll try and get to uh, as many of them as I can. I appreciate your support as always. The Kings do not play till Saturday, thank goodness, so a couple of days off before they start this treacherous five-game road trip. Of course, we will have coverage of the full road trip. The more uh, conversations that happen, the more rumors that happen, actual trades that go down as we approach this trade deadline, we will discuss here on Locked on Kings, even if this team makes us sick sometimes. Locked on Kings will continue to be here throughout the season, throughout all the bad and maybe a little good sprinkled in uh, every now and then. I appreciate your support. As always, do not take it for granted. want to let you know that next week, I have a huge guest joining me here on the Locked on Kings podcast, uh, and I will share with you who that guest is on my next episode. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that so you know who is going to be on. It is an interview that you're not going to want to miss, especially uh, with the trade rumors going on and trade deadline season getting closer and closer. A huge get for Locked on Kings. Not the first time that uh, he has joined us, but I'm very excited to have him back on again. Uh, so I hope you will uh, tune in for that when it does happen. Hope you'll tune in for the rest of this week, all of next week, all of the remainder of the season, all the remainder of the life of the Locked on Kings podcast. Regardless, whether you listen once, listen a hundred times, I appreciate you the same. Uh, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you next time. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.